everybody. So we're so excited today. We are here for our next episode of Talking Disney. Once a month, Stanford and I get together and we talk about a Disney canon uh, film and we leave it up to the number picker to yes. decide what we're going to talk about. The mighty number picker. Yes. And, <laughs> and this month they chose the 16th Disney animated classic, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, this is so exciting and it fit in just perfect with a lot of different things going on. In fact, even today they announced the, uh, the moving up. <laughs> we don't have to wait an additional six months for our Maleficent <laughs> sequel. <laughs> Uh, so uh, that is not I exciting. I am exactly. Not <laughs> you and I both are just like, oh, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> what? Kind of ironic that it, yeah. Yeah, they, they came today. that today. <laughs> We're filming. But thanks so much, Jennifer, for coming on the podcast to talk about this. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the advice. So great to talk to you about. I'm really excited to talk to you about uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody what the experience that you had? Well, yeah, so again, this was just one of those fluky things is here, you know, the mighty number generator picks sleeping. <laughs> and then uh, I belong to D23, which is Disney's official fan club that the, you know, that the, the, they run uh, uh, from the, from the Walt Disney company. And about once a quarter, it seems like, or maybe twice a year, once a quarter, uh, they, they, uh, the D23 club provides an opportunity to see a classic Disney film on the big screen in the studio theater on the Disney studios lot in Burbank, California. So it's usually some kind of a nominal charge and you have to, of course, you know, for those of us who don't live in California, you have to get to California to be able to go. They typically do it on a Saturday afternoon. So it's like a Saturday matinee, but it was, so the most, this most recent was sleeping beauty and I was able to get a ticket and I just was, I just was so thrilled. I got to see this movie on the big screen because I've seen it on the big screen before, but there's they, typically when they show these movies on the Disney studio a lot, it's a digital print of the film, super high quality projection, wonderful sound, wonderful seats. It's just a really great experience. I would just encourage anybody to join D23 not just to go out and experience, you know, seeing you know a movie on the Disney Studios lot. So if I'm plus you get to go on the lot, right? And so the studio theater is literally just right immediately adjacent to the original animation building that Walt Disney, you know, uh, had built in in the late 30s, early 1940s. And uh, so there you are, you know, we were there. We were watching this film that was just created just, you know, a hundred feet away. Yeah. And, and that part was, was thrilling. Not to mention just seeing this movie on the big screen because uh, that's the winning part really for me of sleep, of sleeping beauty is the incredible artwork, the incredible animation, the incredible backgrounds, the incredible art direction and production design of this film are just beyond reproach yeah. they're just yeah. they're just stunning so anyway it was a cool experience and i just wish i could have beamed everybody down there i know, you know and gone because i just it's, it was so it was so cool i would absolutely just i would love to see this on the big screen just for the 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 music alone oh, yeah. uh, having the music on the big stereo you know oh, the theater and so great we'll talk about it but i think it has some of the best 
voice acting in the history of movies and uh and just to hear that would have been incredible yeah i'm very jealous i this is not one i have seen on the big screen i've seen most of the princess movies at one point or another on the big screen Uh, i've seen a lot i've seen fantasia as well i a lot of the classics uh, but i have not seen sleeping beauty and i would love to oh yeah i Uh, hope i hope you can get this i hope you can see on the big screen someday yeah yeah because you think you just love it so yes so this film was released in 1959 and i feel kind of bad for walt disney sometimes because i think that almost every time that he really tried to push the studio it's interesting because we were just talking in another podcast about about disney's attempts this last year to do to take risks and how they didn't work and i feel like a lot of times with walt i feel kind of bad because his his attempts to be to really push things to be artistic as opposed to be commercially uh yeah. super attractive i guess all didn't do very well right <laughs> and uh so it's just kind of it's it's sad because i don't know it's just a weird thing like you know you're something like your fantasias your bambies your uh your alice in wonderlands uh sleeping beauty these kind of more artistically ambitious films uh were not successful as your lady and the tramp 101 dalmatians uh snow white and the seven dwarfs cinderella all films i love but uh but just more i mean i guess there's just something to it that you're that you're uh you're more artistic ambitious risky films are not going to please as many people because of that very nature yes of what they are and yeah. that's certainly the case with sleeping beauty unfortunately it was one of the it, the biggest flops uh when you count in how much how long it took to make yeah and how expensive, so expensive it was yeah yeah the history of disney it's one of the biggest flops which is such a bummer because you know after after sleeping beauty they I, I don't know i just feel like if it had been a big success it would have pushed them and we wouldn't have had this i mean obviously we had the lull after uh after sleeping beauty partly because of the death of walt disney but uh i know i just feel like it because he died in 1966 so fairly soon after seven years after but i i just feel like if it had been a huge success and people had loved yeah. it they would have we would have seen like probably 20 30 years of different disney different than what we got films yeah because yeah. you know you compare sleeping beauty to the next film, two years later, in 1961, 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. And, I mean, they're very different films. And they yeah. were also, but they were using a more cost-effective style of animation with, with 101 Dalmatians. Right. Although, I adore the art in that film, too. I think it's, it, it has its... It was definitely, it definitely the best, best usage of sketch style, the Z-Rock yeah. Yeah. style, uh, for sure. Because, I mean, you have a bunch... It was brilliant, because you have a bunch of characters with black spots perfect xerox uh but yeah i agree with you on sleeping beauty because that it really it's the art is 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 so remarkable and it's really it's really more of a cerebral you know and it's more of an arty film as you say more than 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 just kind of popular entertainment yeah 
Yeah, it's very true. Uh, so yeah, I I loved Sleeping Beauty though as a little girl. I really just thought it had. I thought it was funny. I thought it was romantic. I you know liked the music, and I love Cinderella as well. But if you think about it, because there's sort of this idea that all all Disney makes are princess movies, which is very much not the case. Ooh, not true. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, I think we kind of get that impression because of the Renaissance period where there was a lot of of female-centric, even if they weren't particularly Disney princess movies, they they were female-centric. Yeah. And uh and I know you so you then you had that period where you had, you know, Little Mermaid, uh Beauty and the Beast uh aladdin with jasmine yeah uh, Pocahontas. uh even hercules kind of has a little bit of that yeah and so i think that that's what people get that impression for but for a long time of my childhood sleeping beauty was was yeah. the last princess movie that had come out uh and was the was it you know princess sleeping beauty aurora and uh yeah and it was 30 uh, years Cinderella until the little mermaid came out you know in 1989 when yeah Yeah. it finally got another princess movie which is part of the reason why i loved it so much yeah Uh, but uh but yeah i don't know i just really i showed you the picture of me uh going uh halloween as aurora uh as a kid and that was really special and also it's such yeah. a cute picture what a great that's a great costume yeah dude. my mom's amazing and my sister went as merryweather and it was really that's cute so fun yeah and i also think there was something about maleficent that really uh was really kind of scary and brave a little bit whereas uh uh, as a little girl uh you know i remember just thinking she was so bad because she said at one point she says like all the powers of hell or something like that yeah. and i remember just thinking oh she's yeah. so bad she's swearing <laughs> she's yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, it's pretty scary i mean for a little kid and, oh yeah she, <laughs> she's terrifying i think yeah the next yeah. two the only thing i can remember being more sort of scared by uh is maybe the wicked witch yeah wizard of oz uh and then return to oz scarred me for life wow i hate that movie scarred us all you know <laughs> that thing yikes but, but yeah it was just a very memorable movie one that i really loved as a little girl so i have a lot of nostalgia for it a lot of love for it yeah I wonder what's your sort of feeling about this movie going into this watch. Well, uh, you know, the princess thing doesn't really right. speak to me. <laughs> but the, what when I I think when I started just learning more about animated films and and how they were put together and they were actual people, you know, that were you know <laughs> creating these and, yeah. and learning about some of who some of these different artists were and some of the histories of some of these films. Uh, I just think Sleeping Beauty has some of the most remarkable art of any Disney film. Yes. Disney animated film. And so much of that, at least the stuff that I've learned, can be attributed. I mean, the whole team was incredibly talented. And they had a very talented leader in 
the color stylist of the film, who's Ivan Earl. Right. And so I, I, it's, it's been, I've just really enjoyed over the years learning more about Ivan Earl. I've been able to go to some different uh, art exhibits of his work that showed both stuff of Sleeping Beauty, but also he was a very prolific artist. I think, I think his, basically his goal was like to do a painting a day. I'm not kidding. Yeah. You know, I mean, he just was so, so prolific. Uh, I, I still, my favorite stuff of his is still Sleeping Beauty. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and he does some other stuff for Disney and some other short films and things for Disney. And it's interesting to see, cause you can really see, you know, clearly identify that it's, that it's his once yeah. once you're familiar with his style. But uh, I, I just, I just adore yeah. his work. And, uh, and I, I think you can tell, this is sound weird, but I think you can tell that the animation is truly great in this movie because yes. there are many spots where I know I'm like, they recycled that one later on in Sword in the Stone. They recycled it in Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, yeah. All exactly. over the place in this movie. You're like, they knew that this movie was beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... <laughs> They used it a, a lot, <laughs> I think. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they really were trying to get a lyric quality to it. I mean, this is that era where you have Disney Disney fairy tales starting with a book and opening it up. And I love those pages of in the opening sequence, just the way that they have those medieval. Aren't they the coolest pages? Yeah. And you know that books that book prop still yeah. exists. In fact, yeah. they they showed. I wasn't. They had an add-on to that D23 event I attended. Uh-huh. It was, and it was kind of expensive for like another $300. So, so I was like, pass on that one. But they had the book on display. So they were, they were letting people look at the book. I mean, they couldn't touch it, you know, but they could look at it. And then, uh, and then I think this, this, some of that art inside the book, I think that's all been, you know, archived. And I'm not sure if they were showing any of that. But, uh, and then you then they had a special lunch. And I think they also had like, a Sleeping Beauty character there. So it was like lunch. Oh the yeah, yeah. But, I mean, sure. I'm sure it was really cool. But just to see pictures of that book, because yeah. I love that. You know how the, the jewel book and, and how how wonderfully it's put together. Yeah. yeah. And so every frame of the movie was supposed to look like a picture of a book, and uh, it had uh, layers. And I, there was something I heard that it took as much as. Uh, just for one background, it would take a month yeah. for an animator to work on one background of one frame, which is insane. And yeah. you look at the history of this movie, and it's really pretty amazing. Uh, you know, they actually started production. This not of course they had pre-production that that went on for many years, but then the uh, actual start of the production of the movie was in 1951. They had, from what I read, they had most of the voice cast recorded by 1952. Oh wow! And uh, I mean, if you think about it, that uh, Disneyland started in 1955, and you had Sleeping Beauty's Castle in Disneyland. <laughs> Yeah, and that ended up being four years before before the movie even movie opened. even released, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy, isn't it? And pretty, pretty interesting. Almost, yeah, because it was like a great advertisement, right, for the film. But the the centerpiece of of Walt's Park was this movie that was about to you know, open. An interesting thing of note, too. I don't know if you've ever gone through that Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough. Uh-huh. 
yeah. that you can do. They've it's changed over time, but the current iteration of it, they brought it back. They Ivan Earl, you know, the art again, the artist and color stylist of the film, came in and did did those little window. I mean, he was oh, he, did he? Those were his, yeah. Oh. Uh, which is really cool. They're really they're really neat. Uh huh. Yeah, it is really cool. I I kind of wonder if we're ever gonna get a um uh if it's big i don't know if it's big enough inside i don't really know what it's like and nobody knows what it's like inside but you know in disney world they have the whole cinderella's castle character meal thing. all right i mean the yeah, castle is just absolutely yeah. gigantic you know, right. compared to what's in california yeah right so but anyway yeah that that is really a fun little little thing there that they have at disneyland and you'll see aurora quite quite a bit uh out at the park which yeah is- that's true yeah they've got that work yeah. walk around character don't they yeah 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 and because I mean, one of the things is so great about walt disney is he encouraged his artists to to get formal uh formal training they basically set up a, a he for a while he had the uh the artists going to a special school i forget the name of the school yeah it was like chonard or i'm trying yeah. to remember the name of the yeah and then he finally i think just set up his own school there at the studios yeah and uh so they were taking classes and they were improving there he really he really took it as art and as something beautiful and i i i think that that's something that we just have lost because people make beautiful things with the cgi but it's way more technical Mm -hmm. way less you know a a man in his paintbrush kind of a thing not exactly yeah exactly it's not the same and so i just loved i love to look at this movie especially the whole sequence when she's in the forest yes it's just incredible that forest scene is absolutely incredible i think those trees, those gigantic trees that were painted, even just the tree trunks, yes. uh, are remarkable. And again, those are attributed to Ivan Durrell. He was trying to go for the stuff that I've read and, and heard about this, that he was trying to make it look like a combination of a medieval tapestry, but also almost like a mid-century painting too. So it's this really interesting combo but it's gorgeous. Like, I just want to go live there in that forest. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's that, that scene, that sequence, um, that once upon a dream sequence was, is just, is amazing. I agree. It's definitely one of the most beautiful pieces of animation ever, 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 ever. made. No yeah. doubt about it. And, you know, they had a lot of division with the movie between, uh, between the various directors, Milt Call uh, had a lot of problems with Walt. He felt like Walt's attention was elsewhere, which is probably true because Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland. <laughs> well, there was so much going on. There was, isn't there was TV, you know, right? Mickey Mouse Club and all that stuff, and and then they were doing live action films yeah and 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 just yeah you just can't imagine i mean the amount of stuff that was they were working on at that time at the studio and there was kind of this debate between 
uh, between the different uh, Wilfred Jackson, who was the uh, who recorded the dialogue, he was the beginning kind of director, and uh, you had Ted Sears and uh, Milt Call, Wolfgang Reitherman, all these different voices kind of all in, uh, kind of debating about the tone and the feel and how close they wanted to stay to the fairy tale versus the, the ballet and what they wanted to do and you know it just kept stretching and stretching and stretching out for almost a decade it took them to make this movie it's amazing yeah yeah it's it's amazing and i had heard too that uh ivan durrell was was a difficult person to work with uh-huh. and Walt loved his work and really, you know, had entrusted him to, you know, get it done. But I think that it was really hard to get yeah. everybody on board with that, with that unique um, style. Because originally it was planned to be released in 1955, which totally makes sense when you think that, you know, Disneyland was scheduled for 1955 and can you even imagine if a movie had four year delay today from its initial release you can't even it's just like no it never happened (laughs) i mean that thing i mean just look at what happened with like with solo or something like that you know where that's oh yeah it's it's just so so funny uh crazy i I mean, the the only thing I can even think that had, like, I think Good Dinosaur had maybe, a, was it a year or two years? Yeah, like they gave it an extra year, 18 months. Yeah, yeah. But four years. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I Seems guess. It's like I, Meet the Robinsons had, like, a seven-month extension or something. On right. Release date. Does that sound right? I think that's right. Yeah, that's some, something like that. And uh, I think maybe Toy Story 2, uh, maybe? Oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, that, I mean, four years is unheard of. That would never happen. They just, it would never happen. And so it's really pretty interesting. And yeah, they, they, they threw out different parts. And uh, they, like it says here, that, that Ted Sears and this Wilfred Jackson, that the uh, they, they they underwent a rewrite of the story in 1955, which received a lukewarm response from Disney. And so during the story story rewriting process, the story writers felt the original fairy tale's second act felt bizarre. With the wake up kiss serving as a climactic moment, they decided to concentrate on the first half, finding strength in the romance. However, they felt the romance was developed between the strange prince and the princess uh so there was all this just back and forth back and forth back and forth uh and there was a whole sequence where the king was organized a treasure hunt i guess at a certain point and they're out looking for gold or whatever and then they dropped that and there was uh they redid the once upon a dream scene several times uh they originally had i guess prince philip and aurora meeting uh, meeting earlier and then then they changed it to this random by by chance you know encounter then they added briar rose which was from the Grimm's version and so there was this pull between the ballet and the Grimm's version and it's uh 
it's really it's really interesting that uh and they cut a lot because it's not that long of a movie for for no you know it it's only 75 minutes yeah yeah so it definitely <laughs> so i don't know that that's all pretty interesting to me oh uh, me that, too <laughs> and they then they had a second release date it was going to be 1957 and then 1958 and uh and like i said uh milk call uh blamed walt for the numerous delays he said that he wouldn't have story meetings he wouldn't get the damn thing moving and <laughs> sure. uh so yeah it's and then a last minute uh Eric Larson was removed yeah. from the project in like 1958, which is so crazy. And I mean, we thought that solo was messy. It's nothing on this. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, it just puts, it puts a lot of stuff into perspective, doesn't it? About, you know, what we read today, how, how films are made and whatnot. And yeah, this, and this has been ongoing. Yeah. yeah. These, these, these battles. The, yeah. The, these creative battles. Yeah. And then a guy named Clyde Geronimi was put in instead of, uh, uh, instead of Larson. And, uh, and then, uh, then Wolfgang Reitherman got in on it. And the, the, they were going to have Philip die in the dragon sequence. And, uh, and then the, uh, and then obviously that ended up getting changed but can you imagine as late as 1958 they were going to have philip die what? holy cow yeah like what in the world yeah it's crazy so it's amazing that the movie is as good as it is with all this madness yeah yeah i think oh sure. i i agree you know with all the with all the turmoil and whatnot uh and uh you know, I don't think that the story is necessarily perfect, but I got to tell you, I, you know, I think I had mentioned this to you earlier, but seeing this movie again on the big screen, whatever issues I might have had with the story, I just completely forgot because mm -hmm. I was so uh, just entranced, basically, by this gorgeous art and music. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right about uh, Ivan Earl. Uh, that he he wanted it to feel like you said a tapestry and also a like a page from a book he says um where his he says where his trees might have curved i straightened them out mm -hmm. i took uh, this uh painter uh hench she says i took i took them and as inspiration the italian renaissance but then just turned it into my style he says yeah and uh he had uh the and i guess him and geronimy had very creative differences difference Not yeah. at all yeah and uh and uh geronimy said that that ivan earl that he lacked the mood in a lot of things all that beautiful detail in the trees the bark and all that that's all well and good but who the hell's going to look at that? The backgrounds, <laughs> <laughs> the backgrounds became more important than the animation. He'd made them more like Christmas cards. So that's... <laughs> <there you laughs> go. 
Yes. That is give you, I think, a flavor of what this was all like. It's very interesting to me to read about. Oh yeah, you know, it's 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 fascinating. One interesting thing I think to know too, Rachel, on it is that it's uh, it was the second film from Disney Animation that was done in a widescreen format. Yeah. In in the first one was Lady and the Tramp, which was from 1955. That was in Cinerama, I believe. Right. And then this was uh, done. I'm not sure they were calling it Cinerama. It was like 70 millimeter, though. You know, so so widescreen. So, uh, which I think, of course, added to the time because that just the backgrounds had to be all that much bigger. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Because of, because of the uh, that that uh, ratio uh-huh. uh, of the of the screen, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, it must have been amazing to see it on the because that they had done. I think one other. I think Lady and the Tramp was also. Yeah, it's Lady in and the that. Tramp. Mm-hmm. And that I would have loved to see both those movies on that on that oh, wide screen. All like right. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so yeah, well, let's dive in and talk about. They they also used a lot of live action. They basically shot the whole movie in as a live action film, and then used it as. Uh, as their guide when making the mm-hmm. animation and in and then what's cool about that is that eleanor oddly did the did both she did the voice and the live action acting which i think which is, is really, so cool really cool yeah <laughs> and there are pictures of her with the maleficent horns and everything like that yeah yeah and i wish i didn't find anything about why they decided to design maleficent the way that she did with those horns i I, i'm guessing it was sort of inspired by kind of a a a devil kind of look yeah i wondered about that too i I don't know it's you know mark uh mark davis the great disney animator and also imagineer uh he he designed both Briar Rose and Maleficent, and you know he was mm-hmm. I guess the the lead animator on, on that. And uh, I thought I had read some stuff about what his I don't know about the horns. But I think they were trying to make Maleficent very beautiful, but then that because of her very pointed features, that just adds to the scariness yeah. <laughs> of her too. Well, and Maleficent you know? actually means devil right yeah well or bad or something yeah 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 Yeah. it says well it says on google it says causing harm or destruction especially by supernatural means yeah okay devilish kind of a thing oh yeah Uh, for sure yeah so anyway that's all sort of our background but it's also interesting i think and but let's talk about let's dive into the to the story a little bit so we start out with uh the uh with the christening scene and i'm curious as a member of the tabernacle choir what do you think of all of the choral hail to the queen you know all the choral singing in this i don't know who it was but i don't how do you feel like that holds up oh i like it you know i think it uh it you know they're not using a giant choir giant size choir but clearly good singers but it also sounds very distinctive from the type of singing you hear in films in the 40s and the 50s. And uh, 
for me, I like it. What, what's your take on it? I like it. It does feel a little dated to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think so too. It definitely it feels like it's, it's definitely a period of its, you know, a product of its time period. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that's bad, but yeah, it's not it. Like for me, the music, the singing in Snow White feels dated and I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I like the songs and just that high pitched singing isn't my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but this, it does feel a little dated, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it really kind of gets you into the, the feel of this movie. And uh, you've got this whole christening scene. And I love the animation on the gifts. So you have uh, Flora, yes. Fauna, and Meriwether, who I love. Is They're so, amazing. It's so cool. And we have uh, Flora giving the gifts of beauty and that whole sequence with the with the swirling uh and that kind of i think is your sort of bringing in the ballet yes feel to it which i appreciate and i really like that and then you have uh the you have fauna giving the gift of song and then you see that swirling and one thing that really irritated me about maleficent the movie is that they change it so that meriwether doesn't have to temper maleficent's curse maleficent's curse is not to death in maleficent it's just to sleep whereas in this one meriwether has to temper maleficent's curse with her gift and and i forget what they do they have her give knowledge or something lame and uh and so that really irritated me uh but uh I, i just love the animation uh in also when meriwether tempers the gift and make it for sleep make tempers the curse that swirling animation thing is really great too i love all three of those really oh, i do too those are so they're, they're so interesting i you know in the credits of the film ub iWorks mm-hmm. is listed and you know he was he was such a um well, amazing effects special effects designer and you know artist and i just have wondered how they even put those on film yeah they, they look they look like it's 3d right you know the, the way that those things are swirling and all the different images that are that are floating around it's just a knockout i mean i just have wondered if that sequence alone took a year you know <laughs> yeah. speaking of, of the time it took to make you know make this film amazing mm-hmm. I agree. And yeah, so we get Maleficent. She's very upset because she hasn't been invited to the christening, which I absolutely love. I just think that's the, like, I like real villains. I like, I know we want to hear the tragic backstory of all our villains these days, but I I like somebody who's just evil in a fairy tale, for goodness sakes. She's just evil. And That's the main problem I had with this whole Angelina Jolie yeah. stuff. Because they're like, learn the real story. I'm like, there uh, is no real story. She's just evil. Yeah. You know? She's not some rape victim, which is what yeah. they They turn oh. Maleficent, who's like, even though she's evil, she's powerful and strong into this wimpy, whiny, Ugh. terrible character that makes nonsensical so, choices. So horrible. <laughs> Like, it makes no sense that you would curse a baby and then the next day follow her. I know. Ugh. Watch over her. And, and then 
and then the 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 fairies are the worst the in are that the, movie. Are, are the bumbling idiots that you know they almost kill her every day. Yeah, they, she know. almost walks off a cliff. I was so mad. Was but so anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, it's the worst. And but I love her in this. And Eleanor Audley has to have one of the best vocal performances oh. in the history of animation. Amen. Up there with Robin Williams, up there, you know, with the greats. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. She's so good. She's so good. And the character design, I know we've already yeah. kind of talked a little bit about this, but just, you know, that, those black robes and the horn yeah. and the colors and everything. Yeah. She's so, and also how, don't you love how she is, you know, is able to disappear away into that funky oh. design or whatever, yeah. you know, she vaporizes yeah. away. Yeah. oh amazing i love every character design in this movie i even like the bird i like everybody they're all amazing oh all all of sleeping beauty (laughs) forest friends i mean every yeah i do too they're all they're all fantastic (laughs) good and so she gives the curse and there are definitely a couple little plot holes i guess in this movie Uh probably from the messiness but it doesn't it doesn't really makes sense that they have to take her into the forest no. uh, when she's a baby if it's not going to happen until she's 16 mm, there's yeah. no reason why you it's wouldn't like, just have her come and hide at 14 hide like you know those last few years of her life yeah yeah right. before before turning 16 yeah but whatever <laughs> 15 and a half like put her in hiding like what <laughs> what's going on if anything like keeping her completely ignorant of it is would probably be the most dangerous thing you could do yeah because she could just stumble upon uh upon all kinds of things and and not realize so anyway it doesn't really but who cares uh (laughs) so they they come up with this plan that they're going to raise uh, aurora in this in and they're not going to use any magic which also doesn't really make sense because then they get to her 16th birthday oh, and, and they completely the, blow it and and they they have to make a cake and make a dress and clean the house and even though they have been living supposedly without magic for 16 years, raising a child, they seem to be completely incapable of any of these three things. Yeah, these tasks are just, <laughs> are so beyond them. You know, it's like it's the first time they've ever made, you know followed a recipe to make a cake. Right. And uh, the only thing I can figure out as an explanation is that Meriwether just did everything. Yeah. He's the only one that seems to be competent. Yeah, who knows who's competent. (laughs) And, but, or that she's just snuck in magic somehow or whatever. I don't know. Right. But who cares? It doesn't matter. It's It's just fun. Every movie has plot holes. It doesn't matter. But that's a fun, and that's a fun scene. You know, they play it up for comedy and it's, and it's, and it's funny. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of thing of like, why are these minors? in snow white that are bringing down things of that are mining like rubies and <laughs> that are living in a tiny little cottage in the forest <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> right so there's every movie has plot holes it doesn't matter uh and so uh <laughs> so they've named her briar rose as you say and she goes into 
the forest and uh she's collecting berries i think they have her go go collect yeah, they want her out of the house so they can get her birthday yeah. surprises ready <laughs> and uh she starts singing with her animal friends which are so delightful and so lovely again in that forest setting that is beyond gorgeous yeah it's i'm amazing design amazing it's so beautiful and she starts you know dancing and singing uh once upon a dream which is the only song in this movie yeah this, as far song. as vocal yeah. i mean i guess there's the, the choral singing but. and the yeah, other there's that that's uh scrumps that's true <laughs> we'll talk more about that <laughs> yeah we'll talk we'll, we'll get there <laughs> But uh, but anyway, it's the keynote song, I guess. You oh, know. absolutely. I mean, anyway, it's the recurring theme. Yes, and then there, Philip stumbles upon her, thinks that she is a commoner, and of course they were uh, betrothed to each other at the beginning of the movie. Forgot to mention that at the christening, and uh, and so they start dancing, and uh, I love Philip. I think Philip is amazing, and I don't understand why people say that he's bland and lame i think he's great like i think he is kind of spunky and like speaks you know to what is this the 14th century or whatever to his dad and he's got this beautiful baritone voice that i love Uh, (laughs) and a fun relationship with this horse yes kind of this humorous relationship yeah and he like he fights in the in the dungeon against maleficent and then he when he gets broken free he's yeah he's on that horse and he's like fighting against the thorns and and i don't know like what more do people want yeah i don't understand if people are giving philip a bad rap i just think well whatever i, I think mean, he, i think he's a really solid character in this the movie. two princes the princes before didn't even have names right they were just prince charming and they're and they're hardly in the movie (laughs) yeah and the prince that's it and so i don't know i i don't understand that complaint i don't get it because he's awesome i love prince (laughs) he's my favorite with the exception of maybe i mean i don't really count aladdin because aladdin is that's his movie so it's like a little bit different than yeah. the rest of the princes but uh but i think that chang in mulan is probably the best i mean flynn rider's so great but <laughs> but but uh yeah. chang and flynn and philip definitely the best of the princes for sure in my opinion <laughs> anyway hey and that's and that's a legit you know i respect that yeah yeah all right anyway so uh, so we get introduced to them they fall in love with this dance and it's really great and you know i a lot of people give aurora a lot of flack as well they're oh she's such a boring princess just waiting to be like a man or whatever and i don't know if i agree like i disagree too I, it, it doesn't ever say anywhere that she's going to get married that day or something. I mean, I think it's believable that a sheltered kind of shy woman would meet somebody and fall in love. I, I think that's reasonable for a fairy tale. <laughs> I don't need, yeah. to, I don't know. I mean, and it's kind of unfair because she, she is asleep for most of the movie. So it's, 
first of all not fair but she's kind kind to animals she's sweet loving she has a little bit of spunk when they tell her she can't be with him you know see him anymore so i like aurora and i love her character design i think she is beautiful yeah she's it's she's a beautiful character and i you know and i i I like her in fact you know they um disney hired an opera singer a young opera singer you know mary costa amazing who's um, her performance is amazing you know i think i think she gives a very credible performance uh i mean sure she maybe doesn't have the most we don't we don't know her that well and uh, whatever you know she's she she, i think she i think she does she does great yeah and and and, and, well yeah i'm with you yeah so anyway then maleficent uh sends the bird out which i think is named diablo yeah, I think he's Diablo. Yeah, sends a bird out. At least that's what we know him as, right? I don't know if they ever established that in the film, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she sends her bird out to go, and she's on, she's at the Forbidden Mountain. And, yeah, because her minions haven't been able. They, her minions have been out looking for a baby for right? years, for sixteen years. Yeah, <laughs> which stupid. is a bit of an oversight on her part. There. I know. <laughs> And her minions are so great too. I mean, they're so they're designed in such a fun way. You know, yeah. just kind of these really odd-looking creatures. I think uh, they're so cool. Yeah, I agree. And anyway, so they they're at the house and they decide to to use magic, and uh, they there's this war between <laughs> they make the dress pink or blue, <laughs> and uh, Flora wants to make it pink and Meriwether wants to make it blue and so they're back and forth back and forth and like the magic uh goes through the chimney and the the devil sees it and they, he knows where they are so that's how we know and uh what about you are you team pink or team blue oh i'm team blue i uh <laughs> i think and i'm glad that for much of the movie she's in blue i just think it's such a beautiful shade of blue it is they they created for i mean both dresses are for they're they're fine but (laughs) but uh yeah i'm I'm team blue for sure they i think they went with pink as far as her official disney princess color yeah because at the time cinderella was blue right and so they wanted to differentiate some yeah and now they have two blue because i mean because technically elsa and anna aren't princesses yet but they kind of have two blue now at this point so i don't know if they'll <laughs> they'll Good branch point. they'll branch out you know different colors here but um, <laughs> uh but anyway that i think that's why they officially went team pink but <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but i did poll my twitter listeners twist yes or whatever and we ended up with team blue also winning in oh wow okay yeah team eight for team blue four for team pink and we had two voters that liked the mixed up crazy version (laughs) (laughs) kind of the disaster version yes yeah (laughs) so (laughs) yes and so anyway so there's that kind of fun thing going on and then she returns home and she tells them that she's met this man and that he's going to come and uh and come back and and see her again and she's very excited well then they they 
burst the news that she is a princess and she has to return back to the to the uh, castle that night and of course she is devastated because she won't be able to <laughs> i mean probably a complicated moment she has yes. she's not <laughs> but anyway so she's very sad and but they take her to the palace and they put her in this room and she's crying and uh and so there's all that then we have this scene between the two kings that uh (laughs) (laughs) that i don't understand it's so weird this period of disney movies (laughs) they loved having the weird random get drunk scene (laughs) and i don't really understand i mean it's true I mean, it is true <laughs> why is there a random scene in dumbo where they get intoxicated i yeah. don't know yeah in the uh what's it shoot am i uh well, i mean even in cinderella you have the yeah. insane antics of the king kind of in there and him getting pretty sloshed <laughs> uh <laughs> just a bunch of those movies they love doing that i think that i think is it dumbo that gets drunk one of the the yeah dumbo, i think both dumbo and timothy the mouse gets oh, lost yeah. oh sure yeah and yeah. then and then we don't then you know they wake up up in the tree or wherever they are and, <laughs> i mean can you imagine you know, now if you were watching Uh-oh. like i don't know zootopia there was like yeah. a random get drunk scene by, like side characters we don't even know like what i don't think you would fly no yeah <laughs> very <weird. laughs> i mean it really would be kind of similar to if i mean i guess you have in beauty and the beast you have them drinking at the pub or whatever but there's never like this weird intoxication scene yeah i i it's really funny to me and i this scene it's not my favorite the scum thing and they're all talk first of all i don't really like the fact that they're talking about their children like their property yeah i really love that (laughs) um but also it's just too long and i just don't really care about it it's not my favorite yeah i you know for me it's 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 a bit of I'm, I hear what you're saying about the about the parents, but it's to me it just it's, it is it reestablishes relationship between the you know these two kings, uh-huh. and then and then the the drunk dude is just the comic relief, which is so random. It is so random. <laughs> He's funny. I mean, I I yeah. laugh, but yeah, but, yeah. but I'm with you. It's like I don't know why you're here, but it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh it's 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 interesting so anyway so there's that and uh then she is up in the room and they're kind of they leave her alone which was very stupid which Uh, was stupid because again like you know just on that night leave her alone other times but be with her on the night of her 60th birthday what are you crazy the fairies the fairies blow it uh they 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 make things right but wow they they mess up but i absolutely love the whole sequence the animation when you see that sort of green light in the fireplace and then her whole skin she looks like an alien but i love it oh i love it it too so good she's instantly transfixed Uh and and that really great music you know the tchaikovsky music that they 
make it make it work for, for, for it. I, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and her and evidently I was reading that the music also went through a similar like rehashing and changing you know how much of the Tchaikovsky they were going to use and and changing music directors and and so it was equally messy as everything else and uh, <laughs> wow. but yeah but yeah I just love how her skin turns like a zombie green oh, it's so good it's and so great she's and she's going up the 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 fireplace and and then they of course find her find that she's missing and freak out and trying to find her and uh she gets up to the uh to the top and she pricks her finger it's such a great sequence it's so strong it is it's terrific yes so uh and then you have maleficent coming on and saying you poor simple fools think you could defeat me the mistress of all evil yeah yeah it's uh, yeah exactly and, and I, yeah i love how maleficent then captures the prince yes so then the the fairies put everybody to sleep which is really, really good and smart, smart of them. Smart, smart yeah. idea. And then you see, uh, yes, she. You get this a great scene where uh, you get you're at the you see Philip coming to the cottage. He thinks you know he's just expecting her to be a, you know there as a commoner, and he's talked with his dad earlier about falling in love with this commoner, and he uh, he and you see just Maleficent's like in the back of the house and he gets uh he gets captured by her i i really like i think that's a really good a good scene and and so yes so the fairies go up to the forbidden mountain they're they're terrified to do so but they uh they do and you have philip tied up uh in the dungeon and you have maleficent talking to him and it's basically poetry i should have written it all down but it's really good when she's saying like off he rides on his noble steed oh yeah and all that that whole yeah <laughs> just describing that yeah he's you know she's gonna let him age you know in prison while she yeah. sleeps and then by the time she lets him out he's gonna be a you know a very elderly man yeah and uh you know with who's not gonna have any appeal supposedly yeah. with the yeah. princess <laughs> it's really, really good and you'll yeah. prove that true love conquers all <laughs> you know right. really good right. and oh, she's good elnor oddly isn't it she just the best is amazing she's incredible and yeah so then the fairies get to the uh the forbidden mountain and uh meriwether turns dabolo into stone which is a really great moment that's a, cool, that's a great moment because we're also sick of i guess you just think of it as cackling you know or whatever is that, that that bird call that he's doing that yeah. is so annoying and yeah. the whole sequence just this whole sequence of them freeing philip from the dungeon him going and then and her maleficent seeing and and making the thorns and i love that whole i didn't write it down but the whole uh kind of spell that she yeah. puts on it like brine and brewery uh make the thorns whatever it is i can't remember but it's yeah. really cool it is yeah. <laughs> so cool yeah and so then she he's fighting off all these thorns and 
then uh, you also flora the reason why part of the reason they go up to the forbidden mountain is they learn that she she hears the, the king talking about how uh how philip had met a, a woman in the forest yeah so she out that he he met princess yeah, aurora right yeah. right and so it get it gets down to a fight between maleficent as a dragon and philip and that's just all amazing which is one of the all-time yeah great you know fight scenes in a in a disney animated film it's that when maleficent turns into a dragon holy smokes is amazing it's, it's so good and like i said i remember as a kid just being terrified oh being so, so scary yeah and so then flora uh, makes the sword of philip a sword of truth and uh and she gives this spell or whatever for that, that evil die and good endure yes. or something and yeah. yeah yeah and so he's able to impale i guess <laughs> with the sword uh the dragon and she dies and i love how there's that like uh impression of her on the yeah. ground with the yeah. sword through it yep so, well, very cool it's, you know and it's a great visual because it's final it's like yeah she's mm-hmm. gone <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, so then she he they all get to the castle and he kisses aurora and she wakes up and some people in modern views are like wow she didn't consent to him being kissed oh my gosh because they were already in love and they'd expressed it they made a commitment that they were going it's to not like it's some stranger <laughs> right Ugh, it's so ridiculous it's so stupid <laughs> and so i don't know ridiculous and uh so she wakes up and uh everything is restored and we see the we see the wedding and it's all just very or i don't know if that's necessarily the wedding actually it's just a yeah it's but it's it's you know the like a, a restoration though you yeah. know that the the, yeah. the princess is back home and she's with she's with yeah. the prince who she was betrothed to right yeah and and the uh prince philip's dad it's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, no, things are okay right. now. You know, he's, yeah. he, he realizes that everything's worked out. Yeah. So go figure. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's Sleeping Beauty. I think we basically covered it all. I think it's a really great little movie. I, it's not without its flaws, but I think the strengths definitely far outweigh the negatives. And I really, I really do. I really do love it. I love it too. And you know, even though, as we're talking about, it wasn't it wasn't a success back in the day. I think, hopefully, Walt can look down upon this with with happiness, knowing how much people really love and respect this film. And it's one of those two. As a, you know, watching it, uh, you know, just as I did on the big screen uh, a couple weeks ago, it. I think it's one of those that's just going to hold up forever. You know, it's just one of those films that sure there's some there's some stuff in it as we as we as 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 we've talked about and and, and uh, but it, it it is a timeless classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So I actually have it at number nine in my most recent ranking. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Oh, I love it too. You know, I don't have a ranking, but it's, it's, it's up in the top. Yeah. The top, top for me. So, all right. Well, good. So let's see what we get next month. All right. Very exciting. Uh, so, so it looks like the, the pick, we got 25, and that is our favorite, the Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron. <laughs> All right. So that will be the pick for April. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and except for except for Little Mermaid, we'll we'll cross the eighties off our list. Yes, <laughs> that's so weird. Oh, it is, yeah. and be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Little Mermaid. I can't wait to watch that one. But <laughs> so yeah, that'll be a a lot of fun to talk about, and uh, yeah, so someone to look, something to look not forward to and forward to at the same time. <laughs> exactly so oh let me read before we go just some of the comments that i got oh, yes. i got a lot on my twitter about sleeping beauty georgia uh, georgia speech says i have extreme love for this film and everything about it aurora philip samson who was who samson the horse oh horse very good the music in all caps the dancing the fairies so much love also team pink always (laughs) (laughs) animated antic has sleeping beauty is such an elegant and gorgeous film that i simply adore yeah its main characters aren't the best but maleficent and the fairies are both fantastic characters and i even adore the animation and and ivan earl's influence on the film also i'm team blue (laughs) <laughs> uh jim gizrell says uh we watched this as a family recently we thought blue was the best but hot take here the color changing dress is pretty cool in itself so in a way i don't take a side <laughs> <laughs> uh kyle uh oh, says a visual masterpiece the last gasp of ambition in disney feature animation in the post-war pre-renaissance days team blue but pink's cool too <laughs> um richard southrus is one of my favorites from childhood lovely visuals and music and great characters i'm team blue and <laughs> and then we have alex klepp he says really charming and beautiful aurora is okay philip is a bit of a bore alex maleficent is great and the fairies are awesome i'm team blue because it's my favorite color and then our one more here uh brooks uh brooks tweet says such a beautiful film i always think it's the fairy story rather than aurora's also maleficent is of course an amazing villain oh and always team blue so <laughs> there we go <laughs> here's some of that That's so great let us know what you think of sleeping beauty in the comments section or on twitter let us know we'd love to talk about it and thanks so much this was so much fun Oh, thank you, Rachel. This was this was great. What really and what a wonderful film. Yeah. To watch. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find you? All right. Well, I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark. And I also have a movie blog and podcast at moviespastandpresent.com. 
Great. And I'll have that all in the description section. People can check it out. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media and on iTunes and YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us your ratings and reviews. It really helps us out, help more people to find the podcast. And, uh, and then if you're listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe. It really helps us out as well. So thanks so much. And we will talk next month about Black Cauldron. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> Bye.